This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, so that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast. In our next episode, I'm Steve Anderson, along with my co-host, Ryan Deeds. Hello, Ryan. What's going on, Steve? Hey, we got exciting news. We actually finally have a place to send people where they can actually correspond with us as opposed to like nebulous in the air. That's right. If you want to talk to us, now, now, now you have a spot on LinkedIn that both Steve and I are on probably all the time. <laughs> I was going to say, that, I, I know for me and I know for you, I see you there quite a bit. So we're, we're both very active on LinkedIn and uh, we've actually created a digital broker podcast group. So this is a LinkedIn group uh, where you can go, just click on, you know, request to join. We'll get that approved as fast as humanly possible. And the episodes are listed there and comments under a particular episode uh, are available to you. If you'd like to make a comment or a uh, critique, critique, you're wrong. I was going to say, you know, give us feedback. We're we're big boys. We can handle um, constructive criticism. But that's a, a great place for you to go to to interact, and uh, we'll be monitoring that. Uh, for those of you that might kind of wonder about LinkedIn groups, uh, actually LinkedIn's putting a lot of resources over the last probably year or so in improving the group experience. Um, so mobile uh, on groups is a much better experience today. If you haven't updated your LinkedIn app, go ahead and do that to experience that. But, uh, yeah, encourage you to use that platform and uh, and go there. So today, uh, today's episode, we decided we were going to talk about workstations. And all the options. It's much different than it was back in the day. You know, if you look five, six years back, you didn't, you you had a pretty standard environment. Well, you were given what you were going to use, right? right. And certainly things have changed a lot Mm -hmm. um, and options perhaps are different. And so we just wanted, really wanted to talk through you know, what are some of the options? What are some of the pluses and minuses? What are some of the things to think about? Because frankly, you're spending eight hours plus a day at that workstation, at that computer, desk, monitors, right? Uh, all, keyboard, That's all your of battle those. station, right? That's it where is. you get stuff done. That's where you're fighting for your clients. That's where you're making things happen. It, it is. And if it's not set up the best way possible, 
you're at a handicap to be able to get done what you need to get done. Well, and I think that there's some actual r- true health ramifications from ergonomic design. You know, in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of push towards better ergonomics to help uh, reduce uh, repetitive injuries Rep- and yep. stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, I do. I think it's a huge topic that a lot of places struggle with because it is one of those things that every year, I think something new comes out. And right. Folks are like, oh, do we do we jump on this one? Do we jump on that one? How do we do that? Well, let's kind of talk through. So, computer, desktop or laptop? Well, you know, I think initially I would have said um, desktop because I believe that you get a lot more bang for your buck. But today, with the with us driving to a more mobile workforce. If you don't have laptops, then you've got to figure out how to create that similar space wherever your employee goes, or they have a work, a desktop and a laptop, which is going to be more expensive than just having a laptop. Yep. So I, I think if you have, a, you know, regardless, mobility is happening. If you're not driving in that direction, um, you, you need to be. And that's something that, that will help dictate kind of the, the hardware you're going to put in place. Yeah. So I, 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 I only had a laptop for years, but I'm very mobile. Uh, so that was the reason for that. I see, I would say, a, a slight trend in agencies replacing desktops with laptops mm-hmm. for exactly the reason you said, being able to just take it with you. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you have to remote in or you have to have some other technology layer to get access to resources. How much do you think cloud services, so desktop as a service or you know Amazon um, workspaces, yeah. um, mitigates or reduces the need for a really high-end laptop? Quite a bit. I think the key differentiator is, you know, if you're sitting at your desk and you have uh, – 70 inches of monitor space, however you allocate that, you know, 60 inches of monitor space and you go to a laptop at Starbucks, you know, are you less productive by not having that space, right? If you're using desktop as a service, something where if you're remoting in to um, any kind of virtualized infrastructure like that, you can have a a thin client for the most part, a very low powered laptop. Right. And I think you see a trend going in that direction. Yeah, I think so. So again, let's be clear. So I made the, I I did this. um, So desktop as a service or Amazon workspaces, Mm -hmm. what is that? Think of it as a mini computer sitting in, that's assigned to you, you know, so Steve has their, his computer but it's sitting in the cloud and in Amazon's infrastructure or in Microsoft's infrastructure or whoever. Or Google's or whoever. That's right. right. So then with your with any device whatsoever, you can at that point connect to that workstation that's sitting in that infrastructure and be able to work as you would if it was sitting on your desk. So full Windows 10, all my icons I can set up. It's, it all it preserves all of that, right. stays the same. Yeah. So then the power I need for processing is handled in the cloud. That's correct. So all you need is connectivity. And and really, yeah, internet access. That's right. And that's why a lower-powered laptop may be a very, very viable option to help, one, reduce the cost difference between a desktop and a, sure. and a laptop and, and still of, provide you the, the access that you need. Yeah, and I was with an agency last week that had – that's how they had it set up. They had these very – they had thin client laptops that they were leveraging to log into their virtualized desktops. Okay. Right. Now they were hosting that internally, but that meant that they had full capabilities to go anywhere and had all that processing power actually centralized in one space. So thin client, just thin client is just a machine that when you boot it up, it really doesn't do anything. It provides you a window into another computer. 
they're really, really good for certain cases. They, they don't do video very well, which is a problem. They, they definitely don't allow you to do a video camera very effectively. Okay. The newer ones that are coming out are starting to, but that was one of their limiting factors. They wanted to move down this path to, to some of these collaboration tools and use video but they couldn't because they had, had this kind of infrastructure. The thin client. Right. So a video, and if I'm, at least in the old days, so update us here, um, printing sometimes can be an issue. It can be, but that, that one's Is pretty that much pretty been, well solved it now? It is. It's what about scanning? Well, well scanning is always going to be a challenge because, I mean, if you're sitting at Starbucks with your laptop and you need to scan a document in, that's a problem. Yeah. Right? I mean, you could use your phone, but it's not great. So you'll probably... You know, you probably batch a lot of that stuff until you get into the office and you have like a, a high functioning scanner. Scanner then. Yeah. Any other limitations of those thin clients? I mean, well, if you don't have an internet connection, you can't do much. So if you're on a plane and you want to work, you're probably not going to be able to. Hmm. You know, it's not going to work over the Southwest fly by internet stuff for sure. But no, I think you pick up a lot of a lot of functionality. You give up, you know, if you're a culture that allows Spotify and all this other stuff on the desktop or you allow your users to manage their own, all these other multimedia services, they may have some challenges with that mm -hmm. because you're piping uh, a lot of stuff through the, those pipes. Mm -hmm. But I, I think for the most part, it is a it is a ubiquitous technology that is, that's where, we're, where we'll all kind of be, I think, in the next seven years. I really see that. Yeah, so I, I think laptops are a great, thing to look at. And again, over the long term, the price difference with the benefit of having the mobile access, you know, I think may, that's again, that's what you have to look at. Right. And the challenge is you've got, you, you have to have docking stations, right? Because Well, I was just going to ask. Yeah. Right. Docking stations. So docking station, you know, put the laptop in, all the connections to monitors and right. internet and all of those cables are automatically attached to the uh, laptop when it's in the, the docking station. And that works great. Yeah, if you have if you have it there. If you have it there, and like the, we see surfaces. I mean, we use surfaces heavily at the shops that I work with. So uh, Microsoft Surface um, has new, a, new well, relatively new. Right, they're on, uh, I think they're on their fifth iteration fifth right it, now. Yeah, and so they, and improved a lot, a ton. So it's hard to articulate how much. The, the older surfaces that were not traditional laptop shells were were hard to use on your lap. Yes. I mean, they were difficult. <clears throat> and the monitor, it, going from two monitors or one big monitor down to that tiny surface monitor is a very difficult challenge. It, it, it I mean, when I have my laptop only, it there are certain things that I will wait till I get back dual monitors well, to, to do just because it's so much more efficient. Right, and that's why I carry around <clears throat> a freaking laptop that weighs like, 20 pounds because, that has a big screen right right because yeah. i can do everything i need to on that and have the screen of course i always get laughed at whenever i pull that monstrosity out <laughs> like, oh, is that your laptop and so but that is the biggest challenge i think with laptops is the limited real estate space that you have um in comparison to the the stuff that you'd have at the office so then the question is if you do that do you give them a, a docking station at the house at the house too right right so again just expense or right you know, convenience to have the docking station as opposed to plug-in cables, cables what, in. And I, what I think is so funny is that used to be it. That's all we would discuss. That a, After we discussed the, the workstation technology, there would be no other discussion, mm. right? Because we knew you were going to go into a cubicle, you were going to sit in a six-by-six six space, and that was going to be your life, and that was and that was how it worked. And today, it's a very different situation. Mm -hmm. There's so many more options out there are there standing desks? Is there open bays? Are there, 
you know, are, how are you set up? Do you have a little footstool? I mean, just uh, there's there's crazy amounts of conversation. Yeah. Well, let's 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 go into monitors. Okay. Okay. So. I don't remember. It's probably been at least 15 years, if not longer, when I started uh, in my presentation, started talking about d dual monitors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, response was, you're crazy. What do we What do we need two for? Right. Right. Well, today, fast forward, obviously, I would say most agencies have most workstations with at least two monitors mm -hmm. on it. And huge productivity improvement, right, all of those kinds of things. So, and I think it can be used as an interesting incentive. I, we did see this. We have we had two monitors, and then we would, if the employee would do superstar stuff, they would get a third monitor. Yeah. So, cause, so I, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. So two to three, mm -hmm. three to four. I know some people that have four, or one big. So you know, lots of discussion. Right. I don't think there is a right answer, but well, it, there is a. Pros and cons to it's those a much setups. different world. I think back in the day when you had Windows Seven in place and you could not set your monitor to have separation between the applications, mm -hmm. you would lose productivity by constantly moving Windows over. Correct. That was my that was my view against one big monitor, right? Versus two. That's right. And but if anybody <clears throat> did terminal servers way long ago, that's how terminal servers used to be. With the advent of Windows 10, Windows 10 allows you to have a separator bar in the middle of that that will isolate those different applications in their own windows. So you're not having to adjust that. So I think it's a much more viable option. That same agency that I was with last week that had the the thin client laptop things, they had went to one like 48-inch monitor. I mean, these right. monstrosities. And, and But the staff seemed to like it a whole lot. And and what I've seen, I so I, ha I haven't bought a big one yet, although it's still kind of in my mind. But what I've seen is a real improvement from the monitor manufacturers of software to manage those windows. Mm -hmm, so sure. you can you can create your own grid. Here's what I want where, mm -hmm. and almost one click have all those windows organized for you in a predetermined right. pattern that that works best for you. Well, and I think monitor selection is a gigantic deal because. Right now, a lot of agencies probably have these arms on their desks that mm -hmm. provide some, monitor stands, right? Mm -hmm. Which your IT person hates because it makes it it takes forever to change a monitor out. Oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I just can't stand them. But today, they're like when we went out and researched monitors, we were looking for ones that had you know at least a foot up and down that swiveled any way they wanted to to give the user the option to have the configuration however they wanted. Mm -hmm. And the price differential isn't that great. Right. You know? And so I think that as you evaluate monitors, it's not just let's go get monitors. What advantage can you net out of the monitors that you purchase? You know? Well, we mentioned earlier ergonomic. Mm -hmm. you know, and monitors, I think, are an area that most people don't think about the ergonomic um, position. And uh, everything I've read is that the monitor should be the top quarter of the monitor should be eye level. Mm -hmm. Right, so again, your head's not going back, right. and you're not, you're and not, you're not a crick in your neck. getting cricks in your neck, and and some things like that. So having it placed, and that's why I like the stands, mm -hmm. because the stands, at least in the past, were much more adjustable sure. to get those monitors at the proper position for each person, right? And not just here's the stand, here's what you have, but being able to to adjust that. So you mentioned, so you know, computer monitors. Keyboard, mouse. Mouse and keyboard. When we did our mouse and keyboard, we put four on a desk and we had everybody vote on it. Because <laughs> I was dead set against wireless. I, I, I'm not a wireless keyboard fan in an environment. When you're when you're one or two IT people in a hundred, 
uh, invariably people will forget that they have batteries. Oh, yes. And my keyboard stopped working. Always. It happens yeah. all the time. Oh, that, I do that myself. Oh, and it's like, oh, wait, maybe I need to change the battery that's right. for my mouse, right? And so a lot of my <clears throat> strategy has always been on a, a reduction of support uh, things at the desktop. Um, but they ultimately chose, and they promised me when they chose the wireless <laughs> mouse and keyboard, they said, we will absolutely be careful about, you know, checking that. Obviously, at once a week, we'd have an individual said, oh, I keep my keyboard's busted. I'm in the heat of the moment. Okay, here's the batteries. Yeah, you know? go, go plug them in. But I think- What getting, about wireless mouse? Same thing? Uh, yes, exact same thing. I mean, the same challenge that you have there. If okay. it needs a battery, it's going gonna, it's gonna to run out of battery at some point. Right. And every 18 months, that happens pretty, it, it comes pretty quick. It comes pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the key component is- have a you have to have an option. You have to have a, a multitude of keyboards. You may have one standard, and then you may have one or two ergonomic options that have those more widespread ones. Um, the lift the lift pieces, because a keyboard is something that obviously is probably the most used mechanical piece of technology that you have on the desk. So straight or. Well, ergonomic or <clears throat> split or... And that's why you have to have those options because I cannot tell a user what's going to work best for them. And I would never want that user to feel like I put them in a place that would not facilitate their most productive work. So we came out with a standard. We said, hey, this is going to be the standard after everybody voted on it. But we would have these two options, one with the split keyboard ergonomic and one with a lifted option. And so that kind of satiated all the different challenges that folks had with the ergonomics. And most okay. people do not like the splits. You know, most people stick See, with the I, standard. Yeah, I don't like the straight. I use a split. Yeah. Um, per, and I have just used it forever and it's more comfortable. So I want to interject in here. Uh, so keyboard, as you said, primary input device mm -hmm. at least has been. Mm -hmm. What about voice? I mean, I think from an agency perspective, we're still pretty far away from from voice. I mean, and when I think about it at, in a practicality in an organization that has a white noise system in place where you've got pretty tight clusters of individuals, I, I, it looks humorous for me walking through a place with people yelling at their computers. You know? <laughs> now, if they had headsets and mics on, and it, it, obviously dictation has gotten much, much better, and it's coming. I mean, I think that we're, we're some years away from seeing that. But when you look at what Windows 10, whatever their thing is called. Cortana. Cortana, yeah, from Halo, which I love. Yes. Um, it has some really cool capabilities. And and I definitely think it's something that a creative, there's some creative use cases for it. There. Yeah, so me personally, I, I use voice dictation certainly at my desk uh, virtually all the time. And it's I don't get rid of the keyboard, but getting thoughts down, answering email is probably twice as fast speaking and and probably in my view twice as complete as versus you know typing that out but i have a headset right i have a powerful laptop that runs the voice recognition software i happen to use dragon naturally speaking and have for years uh, and i actually know an agency small agency about 12 people <clears throat> who really felt like voice would improve productivity in the agency bought headsets for everybody bought you know, dragon for everybody, put everybody on the on the system. Technology worked okay, a few glitches here and there. Culture was really hard to change. Right. And I and I think that in, in their case, you know, he mandated uh and then backed off because it, it's different. And perhaps because I'm older and perhaps because I actually remember dictating letters. Right. I mean that's how you have to use voice recognition. You know, hi, this is Steve. 
comma, I wanted to ask you about period. You know, it, it's the dictation speaking that is not any longer intuitive for most people. Well, I think if the agency manages this, I think if an account manager could say, hey, bring up Billy Bob's uh, GL policy for 2018, and that popped up on the, the screen, I think we're in a different conversation at that point, mm -hmm. right? I think trying to say, hey, look, we, we want you to talk to this email in lieu of typing it. Personally, I'm a much faster typer, and, and, I, and my thoughts kind of work that way mm -hmm. than, than me trying to generate speech to email. I'd have to go back and edit that like crazy. Well, you, you do edit. I would challenge you on that one. I, will have um, to test I think it. that's I'll have a to culture. I think that's a culture. I'm just an or, old dog. I'm just an old dog. You know, but that that's the reality. Right. You know, it almost doesn't matter whether the technology works or how good it is that's or right. how how accurate used? it is. It's can I think differently about how to use it? Right. And I've used it a long time, so for me, it's much more intuitive mm -hmm. to actually do that. So virtually every article I write starts with me talking. Really. Yeah. That's cool. And then I go back and edit with, with, you know, wording and something doesn't transcribe correctly or, you know, sure. whatever. But I, I also think certainly with the Amazon Echo and Alexa, so mm -hmm. those are actually two separate items. The hardware is the Echo. The AI, right. machine learning is Alexa. I think I'm wondering, I want to say I think, I'm wondering how fast people will start being much more comfortable talking to a computer. I think a lot. Because you look at my, my six-year-old, when I say, hey, how do you spell tomorrow? What does she do? She goes and says, Siri, how do I spell tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it just like, that that's where her mind goes. And if she can't get it there, she'll go to YouTube. Right. And so I think for them, it's going to be a totally different dynamic. I, I You know, I see, and then I see actually the, the older generation, instead of texting, they talk to text. Yes. My mom. My mom will talk to text all day long. I yes. get these epistles from my mother. I'm like, yeah, you're talking. You're talking. You're yeah. not typing that thing. <laughs> <There's no way. laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting. And then for me, the question is, you know, when does an agency start experimenting with some of these things right. to, to be pre prepared or be ready or to know what's going to work or not going to work? Um, okay. So desk. So today, I think that's the biggest change today is the desk because – Right now, and in the last couple of years, we've had a huge move towards, uh, you know, we, we want a standing option, mm -hmm. right? Sitting is killing us. Mm -hmm. We need to stand. As an agency, you have to at least think through your options to provide that mechanism to see if it's something. Otherwise, people get hung up on it. Right. So I have a standing desk uh, I've had uh, for probably two, maybe three years now. Uh, and for me, it's a great option. I probably spend 90% of my time standing uh, when I'm in my office at my desk. Uh, I feel it gives me more energy. Uh, certainly when I'm on the phone, I feel like there's a different uh, – energy is the only thing that comes to mind on a conversation when I'm standing. Um, I, I walk around all the time when I'm, when I'm on the phone. Well, I, and that's, and that's sort of the idea is, you know, a lot of people do. You know, they walk around when they're on the phone and the standing desk is just helps enable that and be able to go up and do something on the computer if you need or look up something, et cetera. But I've tried to code on a standing desk. And I tell you, for me, and, and I see one of my buddies at WeWork, uh, I sit at a desk at WeWork and he stands at his desk at WeWork and he'll be banging out code all day on that thing. Um, but typically I'm like lean back with my laptop on my lap and I'm coding, coding, coding yeah. on, on it there. And so I don't know that the, it's ergonomically sound, but it does <laughs> but work. But it works for you. For me. Yeah, for sure. Me. Yeah. 
So lots of options of standing desks. Uh, we were uh, recently, a couple of weeks ago, at an organization, had built a new building uh, in January this year. We had talked about it on another episode. Uh, but they had standing desks. They were electric, so you could um, power them up or down. Uh, it was an employee option, but everybody had one, so they could choose whether they could stand or not. And, and I actually think that's a, a, a decent idea. Uh, the desk I got was a retrofit, so it just fit on top of an existing desk and then had kind of hydraulics that you could lift um, right. the the desktop. And those are kind of low cost solutions. Man. Yeah, those, those are, are about three fifty. Right. You know, three hundred and fifty dollars. So not a not a big cost. Uh, I've sort of looked at replacing the whole desk with the electric one. Yeah, we're talking maybe a thousand. Yeah, we got ish. <clears throat> we brought in four at Crichton. And we created a room with these four standing desks to give an option to see how much folks would use it. And those were seven fifty a pop. So yeah. they weren't bad at all. No, they weren't bad at all. No. And yeah. and then that that gave us a way t- for folks that said, Hey, we want a standing desk. Well, let's there there's an option for you. Mm. You know. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting <clears throat> idea is to to set up a place where they can go, and then um, did they bring a laptop with them, or how did they? We had computers set up in there, and they would remote into their own machines back at the desktop, so they'd have a continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so everything would be exactly the same. But we did think through that. I mean, one of the things that we did see is synergies between departments that we would never see before, because mm-hmm. you'd have somebody from employee benefits, somebody from personal lines, and maybe somebody from commercial lines that might see each other in passing, but now they were spending an hour or two working together and kind of chatting, and it would build relationships. Yeah. And so that was a, that was a um, an effect that we didn't really think we, we did, it wasn't something that we even recognized would happen but it was it was a, a benefit hmm interesting and it kind of gave people an option as you said Absolutely. versus either mandating or spending the money to give everybody a desk whether they want to stand or not well because I think that the challenge is there is so much new out there that <clears throat> it's, it's hard for us to determine what's actually going to be in, uh, impactful mm-hmm. if we did all the things all the folks that we ever heard about, we would always be chasing our tails. And so this gave us a way to remove we need a standing desk to say, let's go leverage that. And then if we saw a super high utilization of that or enough to warrant, as we do our new build out, we can evaluate bringing that to the masses. Yeah. And I think that's probably for a lot of organizations what will happen if we refresh our office, mm-hmm. if we move to a new space, if we write those kind of inflection right. points that you're thinking about furniture and you know, layout and all of those kinds of things. So, well, last thing, chair. You know, they're chair and space heater. I know all <laughs> y'all use space heaters because <laughs> it's so cold. Oh, it drives me crazy though. Like every agency I've ever worked for has had space heaters during the winter, and they blow fuses, and then the whole dang bay will go out or their <laughs> segment, and it'll be like, oh my god, there's an IT issue. And of course, the building manager doesn't want you to have a space heater. So, I, there, there's something about the AC HVAC units that we could do better. Yeah. You know. Because we can never get, like, the perfect temperature. When I go to people's desks and work, they always turn off their space heater. It's something that happens all the time because they have these little ceramic yep. space heaters underneath. Mm-hmm. They turn it off. And so I think, you know, when you as you think through comfort for your employees, today it's a much bigger conversation because the employees have a lot more options on where they want to work and where they're willing to work and what they're willing to put up with. Right. And as we try to make our offices as comfortable as possible – my whole goal was to make the desk the most productive place that they worked. If they wanted to go home and work, great. If they wanted to work at Starbucks, great. But when they came to the office, that was they, their setup was hyper productive, mm. you know, for them. 
not like, oh gosh, I got to go to the office and sit at this I, this place this that doesn't place. fit. Yeah. You know. No, I go there because I know I can get stuff done. That's right. And it's I know I can be for productive. me. I'm not going to hurt myself. You know, mm-hmm. I can have all the stuff configured. And so when you'd walk around our office, one person might have their uh, monitor turned one way and another way, whatever was, and they may have their keyboard in different positions, you know. Whatever was most conducive for them is what we wanted to give them the options with the lowest support that we have. Yeah. And I think that's a great mindset to have as an organization is what can I do? And certainly as an IT department, technology solutions department, what can we do to make you the best you can be at your job? You never want to hear, hey, I can't do my job because of the, because my keyboard sucks. Right. Or because, I mean, the computers are slow, which is kind of relative. But those are things that we can try to try to at least mitigate to some extent. Yeah, that's and, right, and that's employees, right. it was cool because once the once we took the vote on the the keyboards and mouse, the employees really dug it because they understood that they were setting the course. Yeah, you know, well, I didn't want to make the decision for them. You know, I wanted them to have that because then when they came and complained about it, I say, well, well, y'all chose you. I chose it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, it takes it off of you, puts it on yes, them all day, and you know they have a voice in yeah. in, in what they're going to be using. I they, think that's a great principle yeah, actually to, uh, to continue to use Same, all kinds of That's what of they did with the chairs as well. And so, I mean, just like you said, test of, the chairs, figure out what you like. What's, right. And they, and they brought right. in 11 chairs and they had uh, people vote on these 11 different chairs and they picked the one that had the most votes, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that, again, those are cultural ways that you can do these little nuanced things that shows the employees that you're in, that you are engaged in their happiness. Yeah. And that can only benefit the organization. Absolutely. So workstations, yeah. Who knew there was so much to talk about in workstations? No but doubt. it's where the majority of your staff spends the majority of their time and making sure that is as functional, as productive, as comfortable as possible is is uh, really important. Well, and I think that there's one, you know, there's, there's a couple components that I've seen take shape over this last couple of years, white noise generators. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in close proximity with teams, you, you have folks chatting and that noise gets pretty loud. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you lose the ability to communicate. You know, does it sound like a call center when you're on there with your client? You don't want that. You know, does that chatter distract you? You don't want that. And so as you plan out your space, are is that going to be an issue? Do you need to bring in some kind of white noise generator? Those are solutions that are pretty, pretty inexpensive. They're a little oppressive in the beginning, I'll tell you. They, they, you know, they sound. Yeah, they have. There's the sound when you walk in, <clears throat> but it really does help our staff. And our staff will tell us that it's not on. We need to turn it on. Turn it you on. Know? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it helps them. It does. It helps them communicate. And again, all, you know, so many small little things just again to help that person be as productive and, and as effective as possible. Absolutely. A lot of stuff to think about. And so I, I would, my takeaway for you today would be look at your workstation. And when you look at it, what's your emotional reaction to that? Is that, uh, or is that, yes, this is, this is where I work. This is my command center. You know, are you sitting on the helm of the enterprise ready to rock and roll? Or is it something that might hold you back? And if it is, I'm sure there's people in your organization that would be willing to have that discussion. With yeah. You. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Ryan, great discussion again. Uh, appreciate you, everyone else, uh, listening in. Uh, hopefully it was helpful and you got some ideas. Um, as we said in the beginning, go to LinkedIn Groups, uh, the Digital Broker Podcast Group. and uh, I want to see your pictures. If you have pictures, pictures of your workstation, oh, that would that's be a great what I want to see. 
in our LinkedIn group. And, you know, that... Go I, ahead and post pictures. Yeah, that, I, that's a great idea, right? I, I would love to see the different agencies. And you may be able to help another agency out by being able to look at that. And Give so, us examples. Yeah. yeah. Let, let us Monitor understand how awesome you are. And, uh, you know, all, all of the fun stuff that you uh, that you have at your command center. That's right. We won't call them workstations anymore. No, no Command more. center. That's I like right. that. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hope you all have a great day. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Post your questions and comments at the Digital Broker Podcast official LinkedIn group page. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio allows agencies to turn their application and renewal process into a fully digital, modern customer experience. The platform comes armed with a preloaded database of smart digital insurance forms and applications, an e-signature solution, auto-generated proposals, and secure document sharing. To learn more about Indio, go to www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's useindio.com slash podcast.